Love is in the air. Every time I turn around, there's COVID. COVID freaking everywhere, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, everybody, because we are here and we are back with boozy bracketology. It is February. February, as you all know, is known for two things. One is Valentine's Day. Two is the start of spring training, and we're hoping we're going to get the start of spring training. Uh, Pitchers and catchers should report, but neither here nor there. We are here this month to find the best rom-com ever made. And to help me with that, because God knows you don't want me making that decision. Otherwise, we would just write in Chasing Amy and this would all be over with. But to help me make that decision, I've got a a group of panelists here that is second to none in terms of alcohol tolerance and general wittiness. We're going to start to my left. Everyone say hello to my lovely wife, Leah. Hey, lovely wife, Leah. <laughs> Leah, <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a, uh, it's a Vista Bay hard seltzer. Um, I got a, like a 24 pack or something like that for Christmas. So tonight I am trying the natural lime flavor. How is it? It's okay. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge lime person, but I felt like I wanted to try it, so it's fine. Does it taste like Sprite with a bunch of water in it? Kind of. Okay. And then like a weird seltzery taste to well, it. It's hard seltzer, so I know. that makes sense. I know. But yeah, that's what I'm I'm going for. All right, we're going to stay here in Florida. We're going to bring it over to a newbie. Gabby, how you doing and what you drinking? Hey, I'm I'm good. I'm drinking a red wine. It's a Pinot Noir Ooh. from Dark Horse. Yeah, it's it's quite nice. I can't remember where I got it. I just pulled it out of my wine shelf. And uh, I actually love lime, so I'm also drinking a Perrier with lime. Oh, there you go. Yummy. Well, you heard them. You love them. Not one of them. Nikki and Mike, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> oh, we're doing pretty good. It's a little cold here, but can't complain. It what? It was. It got to like twenty-two degrees when I was in my car this morning. I scraped ice what? off of my windshield. What do you do with that? Ice. <laughs> I have ice in my bourbon, so <laughs> I kind of know what you're going through. Yeah, it was. It was. It was traumatic. So, <laughs> Nikki, what are you drinking tonight? Well, you know, I'm actually finishing up a glass of red wine because I was thinking this is romantic comedy. I should have a nice red wine. But I opened it too early, so it's <laughs> almost done. So then I just decided I'm just going to drink um, my good old standby, my boyfriend, uh, Jack Daniels, and some uh, Coke Zero. There you go. And by cracked it too early, a little bit too early, she means she opened it around one thirty. Ha. It wasn't one thirty, but, you know. <laughs> it was one thirty somewhere. <laughs> one thirty somewhere. Maybe it was like one thirty-seven. Right. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I see a bottle in your hand. Yes, so I'm I'm going international tonight. Uh oh. Um, I went on a I went on a pretty big beer run over the weekend, so I, I'm all stocked up for this uh to get through this rom com bracket. And uh this is one I picked up as just a single. Uh it's actually a product of Scotland. It's from the uh Harviestoon brewery. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, in Alva, Scotland, it is called Old Engine Oil Black Ale, and uh, you might be able to see the color of it is 
appropriate for that particular name, but it is described accurately as viscous, chocolatey, and roasty. It is very delicious. I've had a couple of black ales. I actually do like them. They're very, they're complex flavor, but I do like them. Exactly. I don't have very many black ales, uh, but I do love them when I have them. So, and this is a very good example of one. I didn't ever. I didn't know they had a black ale. So mm-hmm. Interesting. They have black IPAs too, which are also very good. That's not my cup of tea. But we're not here to discuss. Actually, we kind of are here to discuss beer. It's kind of half of the podcast. <laughs> but we are doing our best romantic comedy ever made movie bracket, and that bracket is brought to us this month by Nikki. Are we not. Asking Stephen about what he's we drinking. We don't. We don't need to talk to Stephen. Stephen's having Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what Stephen's drinking. Sometimes Fine. he drinks like a Mountain Dew or a Dr Pepper or something like that. I'm Stephen, interested. Stephen, is there ice in your Diet Coke tonight? Well, now I'm going to have to put the Diet Coke aside and find something else. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. He's like, I'm attention. pulling out the sweet tea. You know what? Tea. I'm going to drink it and enjoy it. Watch me. <laughs> I, I did watch him, and he looks like he's enjoying it. So, if you if you keep like putting the bottle, if you keep moving the bottle that fast, there's gonna be too much fizz in the diet coke. So you got to just calm it down. You know, keep it at about a ninety degree angle tops. But neither here nor there. Uh, Stephen, how are you? Good. I'm waiting for you to give me even more advice on swallowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's one thing Chris knows about. <laughs> Well, this took oh, a left sorry. turn. I was like, that didn't take long to get All to the get romance explicit. tonight. <laughs> Happy Valentine's romance, Day, everybody. glory holes, it's all the same. All right. <laughs> I've lost control already. Nikki, talk to us about the bracket. I, you know, first of all, I will say I'm very sorry because I always give people a hard time about the brackets. They're really hard to make. They're really, really hard to make these brackets. Um, so what I did, I I consulted a lot of uh, online lists um, for best romantic comedies. Um, and I also asked for opinions from our, our fellow um, podcasters. Whether I took them, I don't know. <laughs> and then and then I had to, you know, and then I put a few that were kind of nostalgic to myself. But it, it's hard because when you when you go to the list um, online, you know, I, I really wanted to make sure that I, I took the romantic comedies that were on most list. But even I disagreed with some of them that were on the list. I'm like, why is this on the list? But I still kept it on the list because I felt like, well, it's on there for a reason, so let's talk it out and see why it's on this list. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a real formula. I based uh, my rankings off of um, Rotten Tomato scores, so that's how the rankings um, came into play. So that's why some are ranked higher versus lower. And I tried to put some in that I felt would be a good competition. So we'll see. I feel like the first rounds always have to be a little exciting. So I hope there's some upsets but i hope they're not the upsets that i want to see (laughs) 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 i've seen the seating and it looks like we're in for a wild ride for the first round yeah you know but i but i did try to put a couple on here that were that were you know on some list but still lesser known just to have maybe a couple on here that maybe people who are listening have not seen that movie and were interested in seeing it so i did try to put a couple black horse sleepers in there just ones that maybe people hadn't heard of 
Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I know I'm it was very hard to do, so I'm very I'm very sorry if your favorite movie is not on here. I did really try. <laughs> I don't see Die Hard, so I'm a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best romantic comedy, obviously. <laughs> It's got romance. It's got comedy. What the hell? It does. It's already a Christmas movie, an action I, you movie. You know, and romantic comedy, it is It is kind of broad. There are so many comedies with romance in them. You have to kind of, it's, it's a, it is kind of a, a line. And I, I actually do kind of, kind of consider a few of these on this list. I'm not even a hundred percent sure they should be romantic comedies, yeah. but they were on all the top 25 yeah. lists. So I, I put them because I felt like, well, if they're on the critics yeah. list, they should be there. So. And we'll get to tell the critics why they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before we get into it, I do have an update here. I have got a bottle kill announcement. My bottle of 1792 foolproof, the store pick from Lucan's here in Tampa, Florida, is gone. It is. You it just is, started it like shit. five minutes oh. ago. <laughs> Not the whole bottle. It wasn't the full <laughs> bottle when you handed it to me. I mean, it had a lot in it. You drink a good chunk. Nice. It's going to be a party. But uh, your order tonight. We're going to start with Leah, then we're going to Nikki, Mike, Steven, and ending it with Gabby. Are we ready to get started? Yes. Sure. All right. You complete me. (laughs) Jerry Maguire should have been on the list, I feel like. Not really a comedy. (laughs) Not really. Well, it was on our sports list. There was actually a couple that were on our sports list, so I didn't put them on there. Like, I actually feel like Bull Durham could have been on here, but I was like, yeah, we already played it. Been there, done that, yeah. Now, your first matchup tonight is the 1940 classic The Philadelphia Story versus the modern tale on Netflix to all the boys I've loved before. Leah, you are getting us started. Okay, I think my vote is going to go to Bare Naked Ladies one week. Oh, wait, that's right. That was last month. Oh, sorry. Um, Rom-coms, rom-coms. Okay, okay. I just got to get that from mine. Sorry. Um, so I've seen The Philadelphia Philadelphia story exactly one time and it was right after college I was unemployed I didn't know what to do with my life so I was watching a lot of movies I was also watching a lot of Gilmore Girls and so um during that time that's when that horrible season of Gilmore Girls was on season seven the one we don't like to talk about and uh Philadelphia story was referenced on there so I was like oh I have nothing else to do with my time why don't I start watching movies that are referenced on Gilmore Girls this will be great um but here's the thing It's really hard for me to embrace movies from a really long, long time ago unless they are in a galaxy far, far away. So um, in Philadelphia Story, I saw a lot of the parallels to Luke and Lorelai, which is, I think, what the references were going for. But it was really hard for me to embrace any of the characters in Philadelphia Story. Um, Now, to all the boys I loved before... I thought it was very charming. I watched it over two days at the gym on the treadmill and I wasn't even getting any exercise on the treadmill because I was so interested in the story. And I really, I liked the cultural representation. I liked, you know, the trope of the shy outcast getting the hot jock. Um, I love John Corbett as the dad. It was all really great to me. Um, so yeah, my vote's going to be two, for to all the boys I loved before, which I feel like could have had an easier title to say. Just I'm just throwing that out there. But I know it's based on a book, but that's my last little bit. <laughs> well, the 16 seed has come out firing. They're hitting threes left and right. And we bring it over to Nikki. What do you say? Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure we got one 
Netflix romantic comedy on there because Netflix is really trying to revamp the romantic comedies. They're coming out with a lot of them, and and some of them are actually pretty cute. Um, and I actually have read the book series that um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before is based on. Um, I know the book series because I used to teach middle school and all the girls read the book, so I knew all about them. Um, it's a great little movie. Um, I I, I think the, the guy in it, I don't even know the actor's name, but he is like in all the Netflix teen rom-com movies. I don't know. He's now in all, all the Netflix teen rom-coms. Um, I thought he was charming. But I think that's where it ends. This is not a Virginia story for me. Like, Philadelphia story is a really, really good representation of romantic comedies to me. I mean, it's the classic, you know, situational comedy. Um, It does suffer a little bit where I do think it is a movie of its time. I don't know how well it translates to the modern era, but I think so many movies have taken the formula from Philadelphia Story, so I feel like it needs to get the edge over to all the boys I loved before. Um, hopefully, Philadelphia Story will move on. I'll talk about it more, but I do really think um, to all the boys I loved before, I'm glad it's on the list. It deserves a little cred. Well, building them up just to tear them down, Philadelphia Story picks up its first vote. Mike, you're up. Yeah, so uh, the... To, to all the boys I've loved before, uh, let's let's just say Nikki, Nikki's watched a few more of the Netflix romantic comedies than I have, uh, but we did sit down and watch this one, of course, because it was on our list, and I did enjoy it. Uh, you know, it had it had like it had it it had some cute moments. Uh, the, the moment that was just like, oh my gosh, this was so forced. Though I I remember is like she sit she's like just outside and she's chasing down the one guy and her sisters just come back home and like. Like her sister finds out that she's always been in love with her boyfriend. It's like all at once, like, oh my God, like it's so much drama all at once. And it just made me go, oh, that was, it was like, it was a little cringy to me. But overall, I did find it to be, uh, it was a very good representation of that, what I guess I would call like the Netflix style of romantic comedy. Like it's not going to, it's not going to particularly challenge you. It's, it, but it's, it's got good, interesting characters and, you know, and it's fun. But the Philadelphia story is has just such a clever script and it it's such a bonkers movie. Like it is it's nuts. Like it's she's getting married to the for the second time and her first husband is still in love with her. So he comes back and he like orchestrates this whole thing. And it's like it's Cary Grant just like Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn both just brilliant and Jimmy Stewart. Let's not lest we forget. Like Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn drunk on the back porch. I mean, it's just it for me. It is so much fun. I think the script is brilliant. So uh, I'm giving my vote to the Philadelphia Story. Philadelphia Story has withstood an onslaught at the beginning and it now has a two to one lead. We bring it over to Stephen. So one of the reasons that I was never a fan of Ebert as a film critic is that he had a big problem understanding the difference between this film is bad and this film was not made for me. For all the girls I loved before, or just all the boys I loved before, slip that, get the right title in there, that's a film that is not a bad film, but it's definitely not a film made for me. I am both too old and too much of a penis haver to be the target audience for it. <laughs> 
I think it deserves kudos. It's probably a little underrated as a 16 seed. But Philadelphia Story is a film for everyone because it's a smart film. It's a film that's clever and funny and witty. And it's a little challenging. Um, With a lot of (laughs) rom-coms, there's a very, very strict formula you can go. So the fact that this one is not a simple meet-cute we have a completely made-up obstacle that we have to get over where people just have to get over themselves uh, because there's like an actual thing they need to overcome. Uh, Philadelphia is very, it's much, much better. It gets my vote all the way. But um, trying to be as open-minded as possible, I didn't hate to all the boys I loved before. And that will send the Philadelphia story to the round of 32, but we want to hear what everyone has to say. Gabby, you're up. I, I will say I was never really a huge fan of rom-coms. Uh, so all, most of these are, a lot of these are going to be my first time I've ever seen these recently. Uh, I did really like the Philadelphia story. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, somehow it being in black and white, I had a hard time telling who was who. So I think I spent a lot of my time focusing on the different characters and and which one was which. Um, but I did actually really like the story. And I think for its time, uh, it was it was actually quite racy, which really surprised me. Uh, now, to all the to all the boys I loved before, I actually also really liked. Uh, I feel like everybody can, or everyone that was ever a teenage girl can relate to all that angst and all the emotional stuff going on. If we're strictly going by what would I watch again, I'd actually have to vote for to all the boys I've loved before. I think that would be one I'd go back to another time. And I'm assuming that's a vote then for to all the boys or girls I've loved before. <laughs> yes, yes, to all the boys I've loved before. All right. That is a hard <laughs> title. It is. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely made this a lot closer than I anticipated, but Philadelphia Story is moving on. As we move on to our second matchup, it is the eight seat of broadcast news versus the nine seat of splash. And I'm assuming this is our 80s bracket here uh, 87 for broadcast news, 84 for splash. And we're going to start with Nikki. Yeah, this matchup does seem to be the battle of the 80s because they all they both are very much an 80s <laughs> film um, for different reasons. Um, this is a hard matchup for me. They're both very different movies. Um, to be honest, broadcast news was not something I would have put on this bracket, um, but it was on every romantic comedy I, list I I saw and not only was it on the list it was consistently in the top five so I felt I had to put it on the list um but it is a great movie I mean it's it's pretty funny it's it um has a lot of wit to broadcast news um I thought the acting was really good I mean I were were any of them nominated I think broadcast news might have been nominated for an Oscar we have several Oscar nominees and several Oscar winners on this list um the thing about broadcast news, though, I just didn't feel the romantic comedy. I mean, yeah, there was, you know, his her best friend was kind of in love with her. She was in love with the new the anchor guy. But, you know, in the end, there was no get together, really. Um, but again, it was it was a really good movie. And then you have Splash, quintessential romantic comedy in a way, although it had the mermaid thing. 
I really like Splash up until the last 30 minutes. The last 30 minutes of Splash are ridiculous um, and make no sense. And the ending of Splash makes no sense. Like, is he a mermaid? I don't even know. Like, he just is in the ocean. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and also, too, Daryl Hannah, as much as I love her as an actress, she bothers me as a romantic comedy person because I don't like it when extremely attractive women are the heroine like overly attractive like a romantic comedy person has to be attractive but not crazy like i don't see i don't think see daryl hannah and tom hanks together in real life um so there was no chemistry there uh i don't know (laughs) i don't know which one to pick on this one this i struggle with this one it's an eight nine so that makes sense i know it's like it's a dilemma um but i think even though I do think Broadcast News is probably the better movie, I think Splash is the better romantic comedy. So I'm going to go with Splash. Splash picks up its uh, first vote. We're going to bring it over to her husband, Mike. What say you, sir? You know, Nikki said the uh, kind of my thing with Splash, too, as entertaining of a movie as that is for the first two thirds of it, it, it always fell apart to me at the end. Uh, and I, it's kind of the same thing. Like all of a sudden he like jumps in the water and she, you know, breathes into his mouth and, and now he can swim, he can swim underwater and it just sort of ends. Um, Splash has a lot, a lot to recommend it. It's early, it's early Tom Hanks, you know, before he was Tom Hanks. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Broadcast news, we only just recently watched a couple days ago because, like Nikki said, uh, she it was on all the lists, but uh, neither one of us had ever seen it. So uh, if it hadn't been on all the lists, it, I'm not sure we would have gotten around to it, but I'm really glad we did. I really like this movie. I thought uh, all three of the lead actors, who I, who I did look it up, they were all nominated for acting awards for the Oscars that year. I thought they all did a fantastic job. I thought they were all relatable. Uh Holly Hunter was cute as a button. I'm sorry, she just was. Uh, I re- and I the it made me some of those scenes just made me absolutely cackle. Like <laughs> Albert Brooks suddenly breaking out into a sweat when he gets under the under the uh, behind the anchor desk. Oh my gosh! It was like I'm simultaneously cringing because I feel so bad for him, and yet I cannot stop laughing. And and this is probably going to come up a couple times in this bracket, but um, one of the uh, areas in terms of film fandom where me and Nikki differ is I like the kind of bittersweet, not everything wraps up with a bow or things things turn out a different way than you think you're expecting or ambiguous. I like a lot of those type of endings. So I really enjoyed, sorry, spoiler alert, <laughs> I really enjoyed how at the end of broadcast news, it wasn't just like she ended up with one guy or the other she had to pick and... So I I thought Broadcast News was definitely the superior movie, so I'm voting for Broadcast News. Making a game of it. And a game of it we do have. It is one-to-one, and we're bringing it over to Steven. Yeah, so when I got this bracket, I saw this 8-9 matchup, and uh, it was Splash, a movie I grew up with and loved, and Broadcast Moves, a movie I had never seen. So I figured, okay, this is easy. We're going to move Splash on. There's a lot of laughs. Uh, there's a young Eugene Levy doing some pretty good physical humor, slapping around there, looking like an idiot. And then I saw Broadcast News, and Broadcast News is just clearly the better movie with much better acting in it. Uh, there's a lot of 
potential acting in Splash that doesn't quite achieve the heights we know that will eventually hit. But Broadcast News is firing in all cylinders. I watched it for this bracket, and it's clearly my favorite one here. Move it on. Broadcast News. Well, we can't move it on yet, is that only its second vote. Steven, as a former host of the Boozy Bracketology podcast, I figured you know we need three votes to move one on. Gabby, you're up. If you only count the legal votes, Broadcast News easily wins. <laughs> uh, so I, I like both movies. I thought Broadcast News was a, a little bit slower than my taste. Um, so I, I think it, I would have liked it a little bit more if it was condensed. I would say it was a bit long for me. Um, Splash, I do remember seeing growing up, uh, watching it again. I really I enjoyed it again. I thought it was very cute. There were some really good scenes. Oh, also, I always, for some reason, came to my mind, how weird is it that at, before she tells him that she, uh, of the, her secret, that they say that he has to get a blood test before they get married. I found that really weird. I don't know if that's still a thing, um, but I would, my vote is for Splash. And ladies and gentlemen, we have our first 2-2 tie of the evening. It is fitting. It's coming on an 8 versus 9 matchup. And that is a reminder that for the round of 64, everyone has their buzzer beater left. It's obviously only our second pick. Does anyone feel passionate enough to lodge a buzzer beater on this particular matchup? A lot of head shaking no, so we're going to bring it over to Leah. Cast the deciding vote. So I actually think this is a really good matchup um, because they came around, came out around the same time um, and they both had, you know, some up and coming actors in them that maybe hadn't hit their, their, I guess, stride yet. Um, the thing is that even as a kid watching the movie Splash, which let's face it, is about a mermaid, the whole plot just seemed really silly to me. Um, I haven't watched it since, but I would assume that if I found it silly as a child, I would still find it silly now. Um, Broadcast News is actually a really good film overall, not just a rom-com. Um, I think it was groundbreaking for the time in its portrayal of a station covering the news. It's pretty spot on. They talked about it a lot in my uh, classes in college, um, my communications classes, um, and really like held it to a very high cinematic regard um so yeah so my vote's going to be for broadcast news because i think it's the better quality film overall and with that the seven time oscar nominated broadcast news nominated for seven oscars one zero by the way is moving on and now is a good time to remind myself that splash is about a man falling in love with a mermaid whereas the movie the lighthouse was just robert pattinson having sex with a mermaid do not see that movie. It will mess you up. Unless you want to see Robert Pattinson jerking it in a shed. Other than that, don't see that movie. Chris, you realize you sure all of our listeners just turned us off and went to go find that movie right away, right? Uh, that movie in is fact, very... my wife just did the same thing. I'm just kidding. No. That movie is very, very weird. It's, it's literally Willem Dafoe going full Willem Dafoe. But we're moving on. Speaking of movies that came out near each other, these movies are separated by a mere four years as we're moving on to the five seed, Shakespeare in Love versus the 12 seed of my big fat Greek wedding, 98 versus 2002. We're going to start with Mr. Mike. My big fat Greek wedding was huge. Like I remember it just, it hit the, 
theaters as this completely unassuming film and just caught fire. And I think the problem is I didn't see it while it was on fire. And so by the time I saw it, it was so overhyped and I was just kind of watching it and I was like, yeah, this is fine. I It's entertaining. I enjoy it. But like, really, this movie was that big of a deal? It is. It's it's a it's another. It's a cute little movie. It, it really is. But Shakespeare in Love. Oh my gosh, I love Shakespeare in Love. It is so incredibly clever. Uh, it, like all of the little Shakespeare references, I remember. I remember I was seventeen year old sitting in the theater, and I was just laughing the entire time. It is so well scripted and it's so funny and it's it definitely has a fantastic love story as well it's so good that i'm willing to forgive casting ben affleck in that role uh, but i mean the whole romeo and ethel the pirate's daughter thing gosh oh so oh my gosh i still so many times throughout my life and actually probably especially in 2020 i've quoted the it will all turn out well how I don't know. It's a mystery. No. <laughs> Hands down, this is Shakespeare in Love for me. I, I mean, it's a Best Picture winner. Come on. How can you go against that? Well, the Academy couldn't, and that is one vote for Shakespeare in Love. Stephen, what do you say? The year Shakespeare in Love won the Academy Award for Best Picture, it was up against Elizabeth. Okay. The Thin Red Line, Life is Beautiful, and Saving Private Ryan. Just to balance the cosmic scales, I am voting against Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> Great, I, I, Stephen, I want to point out, I didn't say it should have won, I just said it did. It should not have won. I'm speaking for all critics everywhere. Shakespeare in Love should not have won. Neither here nor there. We have got a one-to-one game as Stephen gives his vote against Shakespeare in Love. That is less than a ringing endorsement for my big fat Greek wedding. But Gabby, what do you say? Uh, so I actually read a lot of Shakespeare in college. I studied literature and I really wanted to like Shakespeare in love. Um, I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, perhaps if I saw it a few more times, uh, I might like it a little bit more. Um, but I have to love um, my big fat Greek wedding. It was a huge, loud family. Um, being from New Jersey and just everyone being so loud and busy all the time. I think I related to that one more. So I'd say my vote is for my big fat Greek wedding. My big fat Greek wedding has taken a two to one lead over the best picture winner. We're going to send it over to Leah. Okay. So here's my 12, five upset that I'm hoping for. Um, Shakespeare in love is arguably one of the most overrated Oscar winners of all time. Um, I would say come at me, but I think most people probably share that same opinion. Um, and yes, it has some romance in it, but it's, I think the romance part is very forgettable about Shakespeare in Love. Um, my big fat Greek wedding is all kinds of charming, even though it doesn't have the will they won't they that a lot of these other films have. Um, it does explore how two people with intense feelings for each other can overcome the obstacles before them after they've gotten together. Um, so I felt like it does it in a very cute, fun and as someone who works in Tarpon Springs, Florida, and is surrounded by Greek culture on a daily basis, a very realistic way. So my vote's going to be for my Big Fat Greek Wedding. And with that, my Big Fat Greek Wedding has pulled the 12-5 upset. It is moving on to the round of 32, but that doesn't mean we don't want to hear what Nikki has to say. <laughs> my husband is seething over here. Um, 
yeah, I mean, honestly, he knew that we were going to disagree with this one on the beginning. I I actually really like Shakespeare in Love. Um, I, I kind of agree. I don't think it should have won the Oscar that year. Um, but I actually did really enjoy the movie. I thought the script was very good. Um, it was creative. I liked how they added a lot of the historical references and had some wonderful act- acting. I mean, just Jeffrey, Ru- <laughs> Jeffrey Rush in that one is, is incredible. Um, but as far as romantic comedy goes, again, I- I'm sorry. I know people disagree with me, but I like my romantic comedies wrapped a little bit in a silver bow. I didn't like the ending. So I, for that reason, am going for my big fat Greek wedding. We'll talk about it more later. So... <laughs> My big fat Greek wedding has undone an injustice served to Steven Spielberg and Terrence Malick. It has upset Shakespeare in love. Mike has chugged his beer. And my big fat Greek wedding, we will talk about more in the round of 32. We are moving on to your 13 versus 4 matchup. This is 1995's While You Were Sleeping as a 4 seed, taking on the 2003 Keanu Reeves classic, Something's Gotta Give. And we are starting this with Steven. This one is kind of tough for me. Uh, I've talked about while you were sleeping before. Something Gotta Give is actually a film I do like and I appreciate. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of young men's introduction to mother-daughter porn. Since the guy switches between the two, that's always kind of fun. Um, No, I... Who is the most charming person that I want to see on the screen in these two movies? Well, it's clearly either Sandra Bullock or Jack Nicholson. And um, Jack Nicholson is more interesting to watch because he's a better actor. So I'm going to go with something you got to give. Something's got to give picks up his first vote. Gabby. You know, up, up until this uh, this started, I had no idea what I was going to pick. Um, both of these movies I saw for the first time recently. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to go with Steven's argument. Uh, Jack, Nick, I'd rather watch Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson uh, has so some, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, my vote for something got something's got to give Jack Nicholson. You, I think you guys have forgotten that Keanu Reeves is also in that movie. Um, we always vote for Keanu. We never vote for Jack, but Jack Nicholson, something's got to give has picked up its second vote. Leah. Well, that's funny that you say we're never going to vote for Jack because I am going to vote for Jack, but it's not going to be Jack Nicholson. It's going to be Jack Callahan in While You Were Sleeping. Um, Something's Gotta Give, which is not an enjoyable movie for me. I saw it in theaters and I wanted to walk out. I just did not enjoy it at all. That movie was not for me. Um, The characters were completely unrelatable, whereas While You Were Sleeping is the complete opposite for me. Lucy Moderats and Jack Callahan from While You Were Sleeping. These are my people. When Jack is walking her home in the freezing cold and he keeps asking her questions about her life, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie because Lucy lives her entire life serving others and making others happy every day of the year, even working holidays so her co-workers can have time with their families. And here is this nice, handsome guy who just wants to get to know her and put her first. It's so sweet and cute and I love them so much. This is like one of my top five movies of all time. They give me all the feels. And so my vote is going to be for While You Were Sleeping. While You Were Sleeping was down early and has stormed back to make this almost a competition. Nikki, you're up. Yeah, you know, we had a While You Were Sleeping in the holiday bracket, and I almost took it off of this one. Like, should I, you know, because we've talked about it before. 
But I, I do think it needs to be on the romantic comedy bracket. And, you know, I, it's a kind of a nostalgia movie for me. Uh, something's got to give. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think it is funny. We're talking about Jack. I think Jack Nicholson is great in that movie. And I think Keanu Reeves is great in that movie. I think Diane Keaton's great in that movie. I think it's a clever script. Um, it's Nancy Myers, I believe. And she's very good at, you, you know, taking... You know, a couple that I mean, she's kind of making the romance. I like that she's making the lead actress an older woman. It's kind of a different kind of romantic comedy. I mean, who's to say that romance needs to be only people who are 20 something falling in love? So I kind of like that it's, uh, you know, a couple of older people who still have that, you know, toss and pull. I mean, Jack Nicholson in, the, in that movie is a notorious bath trailer. I mean, who doesn't love the scene where his hospital gown is hanging out and then she creates a whole Broadway play versus the, like, you know, is great. I really like Something's Gotta Give, but I just, I love Why You Were Sleeping. It is a nostalgia pick for me. I watched that movie all the time growing up. Um, so I have to go with Why You Were Sleeping. Well, we have made a game of it, ladies and gentlemen. It is two to two, and this all rests in the hands of Mr. Mike Mott. Does anybody want to use their buzzer beater to try and sway Mike one way or another? And while you're thinking about that, I am going to wash my eyeballs with bleach to get the thought of Jack Nicholson's bare buttocks <laughs> out of my face. <laughs> that was a great scene. <laughs> Uh, no buzzer beaters. All right, Mike, you are on this all by yourself, my friend. Take us away. So here is my dilemma. How much does spite matter in this particular vote? Because the very people who just voted for while you were sleeping are the very people that took Shakespeare in love away from me. Uh, (laughs) no. I that that it was if it had been three to two then maybe but that was a four to one vote I I am very used to my opinion being the minority so I don't have a problem with that I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it no I really actually like both of these movies and I agree with a lot of what Nikki just said uh, about something's got to give and it's a, it's a it's it's nice to see it focused on the the older older woman and everything not that Diane Keaton's not even that old she's like in her it was in her fifties and stuff. She's in her. Well, she's probably seventy now. Yeah, yeah, but but when this movie came out, I mean, she was probably in her mid mid fifties. But I mean, still looking pretty good. Let's be real. But um, no, and I love Diane Keaton in that movie. She was fantastic. But my my heart is definitely with While You Were Sleeping. I I Leah said a lot about how charming this movie is, and like it's not. I was already in love with Sandra Bullock because this movie came out after Speed. It came after out after Demolition Man. Like I mean. Clearly, I already knew I had a thing for Sandra Bullock, but this is this is the movie that just pushed me over the cliff, and I fell down and went splat. Uh, no, it's it's such a, it really is just a, a charming, fun little movie. It's it's a lot of what I'm looking for in a romantic comedy, so I'm giving it to while you were sleeping. And our third three-two matchup of the night goes to the Sandy Bullock classic. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, I have a feeling before the round of sixty-four is over, we will see another Diane Keaton movie pop up. I wonder which one that will be. We're moving over. The sixth seed of 1997's Chasing Amy, the Kevin Smith classic, versus the 1998 uh, third movie together of the 
pair of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. It's You've Got Mail in a movie that can't possibly be dated in any way, shape, or form. And we are starting with Gabby. Uh, so Okay, so I can't actually, I'm really surprised that I'm voting this way. Uh, I actually didn't see either of these movies up until recently. And had I seen Chasing Amy in my late teens or early 20s, I probably would have voted for that one. Um, but now in my late 30s, uh, I actually would vote for You've Got Mail. I really, uh, yeah, You've Got Mail, I actually really like this movie. I love that she owned a bookstore. Believe it or not, I watched it on a Friday night while drinking tea, because that's what, what you do at this age during a pandemic. Um, but that's going to be my vote. And I actually fully can't went into it expecting to like Chasing Amy better. That actually was the exact movie I liked when I was younger. But since I didn't have history with it, I think that's why I didn't connect with it as much. And with a wrong answer, Gabby is locked in with You've Got Mail. <laughs> Leah, break my heart. Yeah, I'm sorry, babe. Um, I could literally watch You've Got Mail every day for the rest of my life and not get tired of it. It's so 90s. I love it so much. Chasing Amy is probably the better film overall. But like Gabby said, like my dream job would be to go back into the 90s and own a, and own a charming little children's bookstore in New York. I mean, like that's the dream. Um, these two characters are on two opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to their business models, but somehow they are both drawn to each other like magnets. It's really enjoyable to watch, and I quote this movie pretty frequently, at least every time the word Fox comes up in daily conversation. F-O-X. Oh, for Fox's sake. Are you kidding me? We're moving <laughs> over to Nikki. Nikki, are we putting the the final nail in the coffin of Mr. Kevin Smith? <laughs> Oh gosh! All right, Th this actually was a little tough for me. I'm I am not a hundred percent of you've got mail loving it. I mean, I think for me, as far as the Tom Hanks, uh, Meg Ryan goes, Sleepless in Seattle is more my film. Um, but I will say, you've got mail had a lot of charm. Um, I actually kind of prefer the original, though. I like A Shop Around the Corner. I think Jimmy Stewart is classic in that movie. The only reason I chose You you Got Mail over that one, I just felt like it was a little more relatable um, movie-wise. My Shop Around the Corner just, just didn't hold up as well um, in the modern era. Chasing Amy, um, I will say that it, it was not a movie I grew up with. I watched it with Mike. We watched it a few months ago um, when I put together this bracket because Chasing Amy was constantly on the list and I, I didn't even think it was a romantic comedy. I had never seen it. I, I really enjoyed it. I found myself really liking it. I thought the acting was phenomenal. Um... Even for Ben Affleck, I just thought it was good. I, I it, it's not everybody really, <laughs> you know, embrace. Well, Ben Affleck does great in Kevin Smith film. He plays himself, but um, the problem is, and I'm so sorry, I just can't with a romantic comedy. I need my lead actors to somehow, kind of, maybe end up together. And the fact that it just they just didn't. And let's face it. She wasn't into dudes like it just wasn't I don't know. I just it didn't it, it was it was a comedy. It was a great comedy. I don't think it was a romantic comedy, not in the way that we see romantic, not in the same formula of romantic comedies. I would put Chasing Amy up there in comedy. But I can't do it for romantic comedy, so I'm so sorry, but I got to go. You've got mail. 
All <laughs> <Sorry>, right. <Chris. laughs> As I stare my Kevin Smith collection in the face. <laughs> Mike, what do you say? Well, we're not looking at a total blowout here, as you know. Uh, no, in, in, as Nikki said, if this was the shop around the corner ver- as opposed to You've Got Mail, I would have actually, it would have been a little tougher in the sense that I would have had to take like half a second to think about it as opposed to negative seconds. Uh, no, um, I have nothing against You've Got Mail. Uh, it, it's the least of the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan pairings, in my opinion, but it's a, it's a fine movie. Uh, it's very much of its time. Uh Chasing Amy is a movie that in a certain way is is very much of its time in terms of uh, the dynamics, but in another way it is timeless. And Ch- Chasing Amy is so much about male insecurity that I think, needless to say, I kind of related to that a little bit uh, when I saw it uh, when I was in college. And I, you know, I, st- I still relate to that a-, a little bit. And I think it is a fantastic movie. I think it's hilarious. I think it's incredibly clever. Uh, to me, I would give, would have given this to Chasing Amy hands down, but uh, that's just me. So. Well, Ch- Chasing Amy does pick up a, um, a vote, a vote, you know, it, it counts just as much as every other vote. It's just a little bit late. Steven, uh, what do you say? Chasing Amy uh, is already starting to develop some issues as time moves on because it's a movie written and directed by a cis heterosexual male talking about not necessarily cis hetero things. But it does it in a very honest way and in a very inviting questions way. So I think it's, it's sort of like the Lorax, the original cartoon, in that it's ahead of its time and yet still behind its time in a weird way. Uh, all that to say, it's such a better movie than You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail is a boring paint-by-numbers, check-the-boxes, cash-the-check-and-get-us-the-fuck-home kind of movie. Nobody in it is happy to be there. Everyone there is trying to get back to the refreshment table or to go, I don't know, like jerk off in their trailers. Because Nobody wants to be there. There's no more chemistry between the leads. It is a boring, boring film. And I guess I get to bitch about it for another round. Well, before I say goodbye to my personal favorite, Chasing Amy, I will say thank you to Mr. Kevin Smith for giving us closure with those characters in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Sir, you made me damn near tear up in one of your movies. And the scene with Holden... The scene with Jay and Silent Bob talking about what it's like to be a father means more to me now than it ever will. Mr. Kevin Smith, my hat's off to you, sir, because as as hit and miss as some of your movies may be in the eyes of the critics, that scene will always, always, always sit with me. Unfortunately, as the unimpartial moderator, my opinion doesn't matter. We are moving on. And we've got a battle of the years here. We have 2001, the three seed Bridget Jones Diary versus the 14 seed of 2002's Sweet Home Alabama. And we are starting this one with Leah. So when Sweet Home Alabama came out, it was my favorite movie. I watched it all the time. I was a freshman in college. 
Um, I thought Josh Lucas was the cutest. Um, now, around this time was probably when I probably also thought that Hugh Grant and Colin Firth were cute as well. But the problem is the romantic chemistry. I just thought Renee Zellweger as Bridget Jones was just really annoying, so I didn't really care what happened to her. But Reese and Josh in Sweet Home Alabama, I cared a lot about them getting back together. I was invested. So my vote is for Sweet Home Alabama. And somewhere McSteamy is... McDreamy? McSteamy? I don't know. It was McDreamy. McDreamy is crying. I don't care. We are moving it over to Nikki. What do you think? I I mean, I live in Sweet Home Alabama, so, I mean, there's some cuteness. Um... You know, I liked Sweet Home Alabama. I mean, it's I mean, it it checks the boxes for me as far as rom com. It's a nice little story. Um, you have Reese Witherspoon. I think she she's a great romantic comedy heroine. I think she has the right persona that I like for romantic comedy. Um, so I enjoyed it. Bridget Jones's Diary is like. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, 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 I try. I tried so hard not to rank it number one, number one, number one, because I love Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, so you know, I'm hoping it moves through. I, I this was this was tough for me because I, I knew it could possibly go out this round, but I just think it's so clever. Um, it's hilarious. It's I love the British humor in it. Um. You know, and Colin Firth, like, who doesn't want to look at Colin Firth for a couple hours in the movie? So, um, but yeah, I I think the book is great. If you've never read Bridget Jones's Diary, read the book. Um, the movie I thought was great. Renee was Elwanger. I wasn't sure about when they originally cast her because I had I had read the book before the movie came out, and I was I was very concerned. But I actually thought she did did a great job. Um. You know, I'm a big Pride and Prejudice fan. I like that they kind of, I mean, and she fully says, like, she stole the script. Like, she's like, I basically stole this from Pride and Prejudice and just made it modern. So, I mean, like, I mean, she's not trying to hide the fact that it's basically Pride and Prejudice with a little modern twist. I mean, it's Pemberley Press and he's Mr. Darcy, so it's not, like, hidden or anything. Um, But, yeah, so I have to go with Bridget Jones's Diary. And it's Heidi Fieldling gives us her particular... uh opinions on Bridget Jones's diary. We're going to bring it over to Mike. What do you say as we have a one-to-one tie? Boom, boom, ba-dum, boom, boom, ba-dum, boom, 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 turn it up. That's Sweet Home Alabama. I don't know what a movie Sweet Home Alabama, There's Sweet Home Alabama is a song. It's not a movie. But I suppose in this case it is a movie, so it's fine. Uh, I, I saw it once. I found it relatively forgettable. I th- I mean, Reese Witherspoon, of course, is can charm the pants off anybody. Um, I like, I'm with Nikki. I like her as a romantic comedy uh, heroine, uh, but Sweet Home Alabama wasn't really my cup of tea. I actually really liked Bridget Jones's diary. Uh, even when I saw it as a, uh, for the first time as a college student. And um, I, I related a lot to uh Colin Firth's character. I love I love the scene when he like when he said when he kind of says to her, you know, like I I kind of just like you like exactly as you are. I think that's so like it's that's just such a nice scene. I mean, there's I think Bridget Jones' diary, it's just it's a much more I don't know, it's it's more fun, more of a fun movie to me uh than uh Sweet Home Alabama is. I again I enjoyed Sweet Home Alabama fine, but I ultimately sort of sort of found it forgettable. Bridget Jones diary sticks with me a lot more, so I'm giving my vote to Bridget Jones. And, and I also want to stay married. 
And as Nikki has brainwashed her husband, we have got another vote for Bridget Jones Diary. Steven, what do you say? Oh, I'm sorry for the delay there. I fell asleep because I just watched Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> it's, oh my goodness, there is nothing happening there. There is nothing. I'm not a fan of Bridget Jones' Diary. I'm not a fan of Pride and Prejudice. I think they need to get over themselves and just kiss already, for Christ's sakes. But it's way better than Sweet Home Alabama. Is there even a conflict in Sweet Home Alabama? What the hell are we doing? No. In God's green earth, no. Sweet Home Alabama must go down. I'm voting for Bridget Jones' Diary. I would remind everyone that he rented out the entire store at Tiffany's and told her to pick out her her own engagement ring. And that's not the guy she ended up with. Uh, no, it's, uh, yeah. Steven has lodged his vote for not Sweet Home Alabama. That means Bridget Jones' diary is definitely moving on. But Gabby, I do care what you say. Thank you. Uh, so actually, I really like both these movies and have watched both of these movies before. I can relate to Sweet Home Alabama um, being being raised in the country myself and then moving out to the closer to the city. Um, but I can really relate to Bridget Jones's diary um, because with, during my single days, I drank too much, smoked too much cigarettes and ate too much food. And uh, also seeing the two guys fight over each other in the street. I'm never going to forget that in my life. So Bridget Jones's diary. As someone else who has had two guys fight for him over, over him in the street, I will give you, you that. You saw two Bridget guys Jones fighting diary. over you in the street? It was Mike and Dan, so don't 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 like think too bit too highly of it. Bridge Jones Diary is moving on. <laughs> and we are on to our seven ten matchup of this bracket. It is the seventh seed of two thousand and one's Amelie versus the ten seed, nineteen ninety two's Strictly Ballroom. We are starting with Nikki. Yeah, so Amelie Strictly Ballroom. <sighs> You see, Amelie. When it was, when did you say Amelie came out? It was two thousand, two early two thousand one oh two. Yeah, okay. I, I remember when it came out. It was like such a big thing, and and I and I watched it, and I thought it was it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. You know, they have a, a they have a musical of it on Broadway now. It's it's or well, when Broadway reopens, they will eventually have a musical <laughs> of it on Broadway. Um. You know, I thought it was a it was a cute little movie. Um, even though it was a French film, like I mean, like even re- the reading of the subtitles, I, I I totally got the acting and the story. Um, I thought it was an it was a nice film. Um, Strictly Ballroom. Um, I was actually very into Moulin Rouge when Moulin Rouge came out. So for Christmas, my mom bought me like the red curtain box set of Baz Luhrmann movies, you know, back when you watch DVDs and you actually put them in a thing and you watch them on the screen. And I had never seen Strictly Ballroom. Um, I really liked it. It was, you know, I it's the, it's it's kind of a goofy Australian movie, this ugly duckling story. Um and I just I found myself really liking it. I mean, it it was goofy and had this little satirical thing to it. So I think for me, for a nostalgia pick, I'm gonna pick uh, Strictly Ballroom on this one. Strictly Ballroom picks up its first vote. Mike, what do you say? You know, I I enjoy both these movies. I find them uh, I find them both both charming, and they're very uh, both unassuming type of movies, but. Amelie, like, 
just the way that that shot, it's such a beautifully shot movie. And maybe that's partially just because the whole thing takes place in Paris. But like, I just, I remember being utterly like captivated when I was, when I watched that movie. And I might've been Audrey Tautou too. I don't know. I'm sorry if I just butchered the pronunciation of your last name. Uh, But (laughs) I thought, I just think Amelie is, it's such a, it's a movie that you get lost in. And sometimes that's really what I'm looking for in a movie, uh, and especially in a romantic movie. So I'm giving my vote to Amelie. Well, we have a marriage that is dissolving in front of our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen, what do you say? Before I can cast my vote, I do need to get one very important piece of information. We determined that Amelie came out in 2001. In what year did the Travelocity Gnome campaign begin? Because one of them stole it from the other. <laughs> um, in, in all seriousness, Amelie is... Um, let me put it this way. I, I'm a person who loves musicals. I'm not a big fan of long dance numbers in them because you have to stop the plot to do that. I'm a person that does like foreign films. I don't like French films because they're pretentious and stupid and nothing ever happens in them. But I like Emily, and I don't necessarily like uh, uh, Ballroom. I'm sorry. I, I, strictly Ballroom just is not my cup of tea. There's not enough in there. Amelie is not a great film, but if you want to know what good cinematography is, what just good color in film is, that's a great example. Not the best. The best is a movie called The Fall. Amelie looks beautiful. Amelie deserves to move on. It gets my vote all the way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the penises have voted, and so far, Amelie is a two-to-one lead. Gabby, what do you say? Uh, so it was actually my first time watching both of these recently. And uh, I will say I put on Strictly Ballroom and my husband left the room. <laughs> so uh, even though I'd put him through rom-com, uh, rom-com watching for quite a while lately, um, he, he wouldn't stand for it. But I, I'm actually now obsessed with Amelie. I thought it was a really good movie. Uh, I liked all the quirks in the movie. That's, that's exactly what I love in a movie. So Amelie is my vote. And with that, Amelie is moving on to the next round, and I will save my Da Vinci Code jokes for the round of 32. Leah, you're up. Well, I'm glad that this decision has already been made because I really don't care which of these two move on. <laughs> um, neither of them are ones that I would ever watch again, probably. Um, Amelie is the more interesting story, I guess. Um, they both are films by, I guess, interesting directors, but I would say Amelie at least has like what Stephen was saying, like the coloring aspect and things like that, that are a little bit more appealing, um, beautiful to watch. And the story is a little bit more, um, I guess, interesting as well to me. I like that even though Amelie is a romantic movie, it's only partly has to do with her finding love, um with like another person it has a lot more to do with her finding love and happiness within herself so i know this is rom-coms and so probably rom-coms they shouldn't find love with themselves but maybe i don't know um yeah i guess i'm just gonna cast another vote for amelie just because it's more interesting to me in my head boz lerman is somewhere finding himself crying as he walks down a staircase that cost him $37 million to make. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Neither here nor there. Amelie is moving on. And ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to our last matchup of the evening. The number two seed of the apartment. The 15th seed of Return to Me. A 1960 versus a 2000, year, 2000 movie. 40 years worth of difference. And we are starting with Mike. So I actually think this matchup is tough for being a 215 matchup because I think Return to Me is actually a very good movie. It's it's got a like like the whole thing about him you know falling in love with the woman who had his heart had his dead wife's heart donated like it's got a creep factor to it but it, but the way the movie handles it is actually incredibly sweet and and, and Minnie Driver's family is just entertaining as hell. Like I I remember how much I enjoyed that movie but so it really is difficult. I think it's I think it's a sweet movie, and and frankly, I like David Duchovny and Minnie Dry. Like they're neither one of them were ever in a whole lot of romantic comedies, but I like both of them in in these types of roles. I think they both suit them very well. Uh, <laughs> but the apartment, like I I just I love Billy Wilder films, and the apartment, like that movie was the way that it's dealt with its subject matter. I mean, this was still in the days of the Hayes Code and the clever way in which it dealt with its subject matter without like ever coming out and explicitly saying so much of what was going on is just so entertaining to watch as a, <laughs> through modern eyes. And Shirley MacLaine is just wonderful. Jack Lemon is, uh, you know, relatably nebbishy as always. And, and that that final line, like, I love you, shut up and deal, like, oh, it's so good. So uh, as much as I do like Return to Me, and I think this is a closer matchup than most 215 should be, I am giving my vote to The Apartment. The Apartment has a vote. Steven. Uh, I first learned of Return to Me years ago when Lindsay Ellis did a review of it. And as I sat down to watch it for this bracket, there were two things that came back to me from this review. Uh, first of all, the fact that she introduced it by saying that your mom loves this movie. And I think that's absolutely true. That's a perfect description of the film. Uh, the second thing that stayed with me or came back to me was the fact that she asked the question, what if it had been an unsexy organ? Like, what if it had been the wife's colon that had gone through? Well, we think it's just as romantic then. <laughs> <laughs> I could not help but recall that as I watch because it's those that question and that statement perfectly encaps. I've described the film to you completely. Anyone listening understands it now. Um, speaking of the apartment, it's not the best Billy Wilder film on this bracket. It's the no. second best Billy Wilder film on this bracket. And it is a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, not just a good rom-com but truly a great movie. Um, I talked, obviously it doesn't have the color of Amelie, but another beautifully shot film with just tremendous acting with Jack Lemmon at his most every man Jack Lemonness. Um, I mean, he's good in everything except that one time he did in Hamlet. We realized he doesn't understand what Shakespeare says. <laughs> the apartment is great and it easily gets my vote here. Steven has locked in a vote for the apartment. Gabby, what do you say? This is actually a no-brainer for me. Uh, 
my votes for the apartment. I thought it was an amazing movie, and it's really hysterical that he rents out his apartment for his coworkers to nail chicks. I thought that was hysterical, and couldn't believe that that actually was in a movie at that time period. So loved every second of it. The apartment. And Gabby, I can't wait till you watch the movie The Night Shift. As you, if you thought the apartment was hysterical for what they rented out their apartment for. <laughs> And we are on the verge of possibly our first sweep of the evening, and I am going to curse it by going over to Leah. Leah, what do you think? So both of these movies have some dark, depressing undertones to them, so I kind of like that they're going up against each other. Um, Steven, you're right. My mom actually really likes Return to Me. We had it on VHS when I was younger. Um, So I've seen that movie more than I've seen The Apartment. But what I remember from Return to Me is that I was actually hoping that the two of them wouldn't get together. Um, When I was younger and I would watch it, it was just too weird and uncomfortable once you kind of know the twist, I guess. I guess it's not really a twist, but kind of a twist. Um, But the apartment was one I had opposite feelings for. I definitely wanted them to get together, but I kept having this fear that something bad would happen and that they wouldn't. So I guess for that reason, I'm going to pick the apartment because that's the rom-com that I felt more of an attachment to the characters as a couple for. The apartment continues its role. Nikki, is it a sweep or do we have a little bit of controversy? (laughs) Well, I mean, Return to Me was kind of a weird one to put on the bracket. Like, I mean, it it was on a lot of lists, but it was kind of an off on list. It wasn't the most popular, but it was kind of an it was a nostalgia pick for me in a way. I'm I'm very into romantic comedies that have a influx of kooky characters um if you know i i like i like it to be about more than just the two main characters i like having this cool ensemble and i just i loved in return to me i loved her her father and uncle i just i love the whole italian irish thing um and i just thought Minnie driver and david company were really cute i mean i just i thought it was actually a very nice film um but no, I mean, it does not beat The Apartment. I just really kind of wanted to put it on the list to have maybe people watch it who had never seen it before because um, it's sort of underknown, underrated. Um, so, yeah, but The Apartment is moving on. I'll talk about it more later. And The Apartment is moving on. It is our only sweep of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up the first quadrant of the round of 64. Moving on, we will have the Philadelphia story taking on broadcast news. The 12-5 upset of the My Big Fat Greek Wedding will take on the four seed of While You Were Sleeping. Another upset here. The 11 seed You've Got Mail against the four seed Bridget Jones Diary. The seven seed of Amelie will take on the two seed of The Apartment. We will be back in our next episode with the second quadrant in the round of 64. Find the Boozy Bracketology Podcast on Facebook or Instagram, Insta- yeah, find the Boozy Bracketology podcast on Facebook or Instagram, Boozy Bracketology on Twitter at Boozy Bracket due to those daggum character limitations. If you have a bracket you want us to do or you want to be a part of the show, Bracketology at gmail.com. Before Boozy Bracketology, I have been Chris. I've been Leah. I'm Nikki. Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki and Gabby. I'm Mike. And I've been Steven. Have a great week, everybody.